0: Welcome back to the database. For today's podcast, I want to do something different and something special that hopefully we'll do every time a Chag or Yom Tov comes around. And that is, as the the title suggests, is give you a special just on some idea or set of ideas pertaining to the holiday. And hopefully these ideas will be, on the one hand, um, based in sources, as we try to do, Right, um, we try to base it on data. This is the database, and um, in this case, data refers to the sources from our tradition and our our classical commentators. Um, but also to add a tinge of creativity, um, because again, you know, every every set of ideas that we can come up with together, um, they will have a personalized sense and. Again, it'll, since it will since it is based in the traditions, so hopefully what I am suggesting to you today is something that is emistic, but of course it's something that is eye-opening, and something that is maybe a new way of looking at it, but again, loyal to the essence of the day based on the sources. So with that introduction... I want to give to you what might have more than one title. We could have titled this year Khanaga the Pillar of Fire. Maybe we could have called it Khanaga the Son of Sokis. We'll, we'll work on the title. But in the meantime, the idea starts with a Svas Ames. So it's a very powerful Svas Ames. So the Svas Ames, obviously, his Torah, it, it comes from the... Realm of Chasidos and a lot of perhaps references to hidden Torah, but in the meantime, keeping it very simple, the Sfas makes a groundbreaking suggestion that for each of the biblical holidays of the Shalosh Rokhulim, for example, the three pilgrimages, right? That's Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. So he says, for each one, there is a a Chag derabanan or a Yom Tov der Abbanan, or a rabbinic holiday which actually serves as the Tolda or the child, the progeny, the sub holiday, as it were. So just for example, you know, and perhaps on a different on a different date we'll we'll discuss the other ones. But he says when it comes to Sukkot, he says that the eight festive days of Chagasukis are actually the predecessor to the eight days of Hanukkah, such that Hanukkah is the son or the progeny of Sukkos. So the apparent idea of this av-tolda relationship, father-son relationship, suggests that the sub-holiday, the younger holiday, as it were, somehow reinforces the ideals and it reignites the energy and perhaps builds on the theme of the original father holiday. And so the idea here, apparently, is that Hanukkah, in a certain sense, obviously it's based on its own miracle, it's based on its own um, kavias right? There was a story that, that, that resulted in what Hanukkah is for us today. But there's an apparent relationship that Hanukkah derives energy from Sukkot. If you think about it, if we meditate on this apparent relationship between the two holidays, we will notice that a bunch of the laws, rituals, and customs of Hanukkah, they actually do resemble concepts from Sokus. Perhaps one of the more dubious um, laws of Hanukkah, for example, um, if you think about this source by itself, it's very, very strange. But in light of the Emes, in fact, the Emes, I believe, makes this exact point, it, make, it starts to make a lot of sense. So, for example, when it comes to the most ideal way to light the Ner Hanukkah, um, or the you know the word the Menorah, the Chanukiah, whatever you want to refer to it, so unlike the commonly practiced tradition of Beis Hillel, Beis Shammah actually held that the number of Neros or candles per night actually follow a descending pattern, beginning from eight candles and gradually decreasing until their final night, on which one lights only one nair. and the Gemara there in Shabbos which discusses it records various rationales for the different opinions and among them the Gemar suggests that the tradition of Beis shamai is derived from none other than the Pareh HaChag or the cows of the Sukkot festival the, the Karbonos on Sukkot which are offered day by day in the same descending pattern going from 8 till 1 right, at first glance it's like what, what does that have to do with Hanukkah why would you base a Hanukkah law on that but if what the Tzvah is saying is true so that makes a lot of sense. Now another, another bunch of observations that I, that I noticed on my own. We have um, similar halachos when it comes to, you know, the Gemara describes that there's a special din that both the Ner and the schach, or the overhead covering of the sukkah, they have to be visible to the observers such that there is a 20 amos height limit. It can't be um, higher than 20 amos. Right, so, and why? Because it has to be shaltaba'ina. It has to be at eye level. And we find this, again, both by the Nerechanaka, you have to be able to see it, but you find it by the Schach too. Um, at least that's one of the Shitos in the Gemara and Sukkah as to why the Sukkah has to be um, not higher than 20 amos. It's because the eye has to be able to see the Schach from inside. Now, another connection between Chanukah and Sukkot is that the halachic um, ramifications for a person's home, that's that's an important discussion that pertains to both Sukkot and Chanukah because on Sukkot, we know that the sukkah has to become one's home. And on Hanukkah, the location where one lights the menorah also has to be classifiable as one's home. And how do we classify home? So it has to be the structure in which one eats and sleeps. This is obviously what one has to do on sukkahs. And on Hanukkah, you know, you're, you're not yotzei for Hanukkah by lighting in a place that you're not living. It could be if you're staying over at someone's house. It might be a different story, a different discussion. Um, you know, do, you, do you, where do you light? Do you light in your original house? But, um, Simply put, you're, um, you're supposed to light in the place where you are eating and sleeping. Okay, so that's another connection. Another connection between Chanukah and Sukkot is that both actually emphasize the built-in standard of Hidr, or beautification of mitzvot. So although there is a general concept of Hidr mitzvah, for example, that applies to mitzvot broadly, but we know that Sukkot, for example, has the Dalad meaning and these are actually disqualified if they lack a requisite aesthetic beauty. Now, in Hanukkah, we know that the widespread custom is to fulfill the myths of near Hanukkah in the most optimal way, known as Mahadran, minamahadran the most beautiful of the beautiful. And um, that um, is, you know, as opposed to the basic standard of Nehari Shubeso, we have this higher status that we don't find in other places of Mahadran, Mina Mahadrin. Now, an idea that it's going to come back in a later shir that we'll give on, on Hanukkah, um, but both Sukkot and Hanukkah, in a sense, celebrate the Beis HaMegdash, or, or Hashem's holy temple, because the holiday of Sukkot corresponds to the Bnei construction of the Mishkan, and Hanukkah celebrates the rededication of the Beis HaMegdash. Now, these are just a few among... Many more connections, which we don't have to get into right now. But the question is what we're supposed to make of these connections. So again, it's like suppose Hanukkah is somehow related to and derived from Sukkot. But what do we do with that information? How does the memory of Sukkot inform our understanding and observance of Hanukkah? Or how does Hanukkah possibly reinforce and build on Sukkot? So if there is, in fact, a deeper connection between Sukkot and Hanukkah, as the Svas MS um, posits... So perhaps we can suggest this further incredible possibility of a connection. This I haven't seen explicitly anywhere, but bear with me. I think you will be compelled by this following idea. And if this idea is true, we can learn something very powerful about Hanukkah. So we know that the Torah records that the sukkahs, or the booths, which we build on Sukkot, those are supposed to commemorate the sukkahs that Hashem sat us in when we traveled on our way out from its now we know that there is a there's a and tradition as to what these booths are, but we seem to hold the that they refer to the Ananei Hakavu, the clouds of glory which protected us from the external dangers of the desert. Now, according to various midrashim, so just to quote you a couple, there's a Machilta to um, in, in, in Shmos, I believe. So it's thirteen twenty. So that would be Yud Gimel Chaf and the Bamid bar um, Aleph Bays, And if you also, if you look in the Arach HaSholchan, in 625-2, um, so there we find the, the following idea about the Anani HaKavod. And the idea, very simply, is that the Anani HaKavod were one and the same with the Amud Anan that's described in Parsha Beshalach, the pillar of cloud, Pillar of cloud, we know, led the Bnei Yisrael through the desert by day. And the Torah describes this um, in, 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 a, in a verse in Parshas Beshalach. Now, if it's true that Sukkot corresponds to this pillar of cloud, then it would make a lot of sense thematically, if we think about it, The Hanukkah corresponds to the partnering pillar of fire, the Amud Eish, which the Torah tells us in the same Pasuk, led the Bnei Yisrael through the desert during the nighttime, right? The the, the essence of the, the menorah, the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah, is obviously a nighttime mitzvah. That's pretty fascinating that it, that it is a nighttime mitzvah. Like, who who decided that? I guess you wouldn't be able to see the candle during the daytime, so it wouldn't be so special. But isn't that interesting that Hanukkah happens to be a nighttime holiday? There's a Hallel during the day, but there's a Ner Hanukkah by night. Right, and uh, so that, that that's just something to think about, you know. Another connection: we have a whole halal on both Hanukkah and Sukkot, but we have this special nighttime aspect of Hanukkah, and of course, that nighttime aspect is manifest in fire. The and you know and just like in the, the the pillar of clouds, so that was that that was the Sukkot, and Chanukah is the, the the menorah. That's the nighttime. That's the fire. Now you might say that sounds like an overly creative stretch, but there's actually a Rashba that draws a direct comparison between the time slot for the mitzvos of Ner Shabbos and Ner Chanka and that of the Amodesh. He actually explains that just as the pillar of fire arrived while it was still daytime and then overlapped with the pillar of cloud, right? The pillar of cloud never left the B'nai Israel until the pillar of fire came to take over the shift. So there was never a time that they were not guarded by one of the two. So too says the Rashba: one may light the Neros Mitzvah, even before sunset, whether it's the near Shabbos, the Neir Hanukkah, that can even become uh, that, that can even be started before sunset. Just like the Amud Eish came before nightfall. So too says the Rashba: the Ner Mitzvah Hanukkah, um, correspo- like corresponding to the Amud Eish, he says that it can it can come before nightfall. For sunset. Now, this might sound pretty cool, but the question is what exactly does this mean? Well, what's the symbolism? What does it reflect? What is it supposed to teach us about Hanukkah and its relationship to Sokus? So let's say Sokus is the pillar of cloud and Chanukah is the pillar of fire. And therefore what? So before we can answer that question, I want us to go back now and think about some of the differences between Sukkot and Chanukah. Certainly we noticed and observed many parallels that they share, but there are actually some very important key differences. So just to name a few, what's interesting is that Sukkot emphasizes the concept of shade, sail, whereas Chanukah is a festival, famously, of lights. All right, so Sukkot the... the... The, the cloud or uh, or really rather the schach has to be um, more more shade than sun the whole aspect the whole essence of sukus is that it's 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 a suya let's say it's made for shade obviously the lights of Hanukkah are, are the opposite of that now another interesting aspect is the difference of elements right At we have a, a focus an emphasis on water on mayim right? one of the ancient rituals performed on sukus was the nisa mayim the water libation And Sukkot celebrates clouds, which are objects of water vapor. So these two points would lead us to the conclusion that the element of Sukkot is that of water. Clearly, Hanukkah, by contrast, celebrates the miracle of oil, which kindled the flames of the menorah. So it would make a lot of sense that if Hanukkah is is represented by the pillar of fire, or if Hanukkah represents the pillar of fire, so the element of the day is none none other than fire. Now, another interesting contrast is the viewers of the two mitzvos. We mentioned earlier that they have to be, that the schach and the nerachanukah have to be at eye level. But if you look really closely, it seems that there's a difference um, between the, speci- the specified viewers of sukkah and those of nerachanukah. Because the Torah states that the Bnei Israel should dwell in sukkah wide, And we said that the schach has to be situated in such so that those who are sitting in the sukkah will be able to see it and have that prescribed knowledge of Hashem's providence. It's very clear when you, for example, when you look at that, that first daf in sukkah, which is talking about how high the schach has to be. It's talking, for, it's talking about for the benefit of those who are in the sukkah to be able to see the schach. And the Gemara talks about if the walls reach the schach, then the person sitting in the sukkah will be able to lead his eyes up the walls and eventually see the schach. But it's talking about the person who is performing the mitzvah. However, the Persume Niso, or the publicity of the miracle which Hanukkah requires, was primarily originally designed for the passerby outside the home even mere spectators of the mitzvah. Thus, even one who's not fulfilling the mitzvah himself can technically recite a blessing and acknowledge the miracle if he sees another person's near Hanukkah. This particular series of points of contrast between Hanukkah and Sukkot has led me to the following conclusion. And the difference is between outside-in versus inside-out. And what does that mean? apparently there's a difference in the direction of the impact of each of the two holidays. The impact of Sukkot is, is outside in. Sukkot requires one to step into a spiritually sheltered environment. Like the clouds of glory, Sukkot is a holiday of insulation and isolation from the outside world, even the world within our own homes. So we are to be protected from the influences and threats of surrounding nations of the world and like water it serves our most basic needs. It's a sign of divine providence, and that's what we have to recognize on Sokus. Chanukah, on the other hand, the impact is that of inside-out. It begins from a light from within, and it's shined forth towards the outside world. Like the pillar of fire, it is the light that leads us through the darkness of exile, providing us a sense of direction. It's our brazen response and counterattack to the nations of the world and the Hellenists who seek to influence and assimilate us. It's the sign w- on which the world has to be shown. So perhaps in short, Sukkot is about protection, whereas Chanukkah is about projection. Sukkot is, is, is an open miracle where nothing is there to harm us. But Chanukkah is a time where we are in Gaulus. It is the nighttime. Right. It's the time where We have to be brazen enough Even without the the, the the comfort and protection of the Where we're not being Insulated But we have to have the brazenness To shine our light forward And counterattack. That which is An external force So now Let's let's go back to the Sfas and reflect on what this meaning is behind the parent-child relationship of Sukkot and Khanaka. On the one hand, Chanukkah reinforces themes of Sukkot, although the display and setting were not were certainly not exactly the same. During the miracle of Chanukkah as we were sheltered in God's supernatural Sukkot in the wilderness. But the miracle of Hanukkah was no less a result of Hashem's divine providence It was He who protected us and assured our victory against the threatening nation But on Hanukkah, the, the point is that we want to acknowledge Hashem's hand Both within nature and without, right? Those are the two miracles There was the military victory, which can be argued was natural And then there was the miracle of the oil Hashem was the, Hashem was the mastermind behind both Beyond that, Hanukkah builds on the miracles of Sukkot, lighting the way for us in a time when Hashem's presence is less obvious. It's the rare reminder that Hashem is still with us, even in Golis. And that's the inner fire that we have to shine forth and project to the nations of the world, that we recognize that even if we must uphold and Hashem by ourselves, we will not ultimately be alone. And that is what, what we learn from Hanukkah, in its relationship to Sukkot, because Chanukah is its our pillar of fire that, again, that leads us through the night. And with this, with this in mind, we should be Zocha to hone in on that nair of Chanukah, to know that Hashem is with us even in the darkness of the night, even in the darkness of exile. And we have to recognize that Chanukah calls on us in the moment where again we're not being insulated and isolated, but we have to be that again, that counterattack. It's not just about us keeping to ourselves, but it's about being with Farsee and the nace. We are showing our brethren and we are showing the world around us this is Hashem and this is what he does even again when we're when we're going through the night. hanukkah is is the whole point of Hanukkah is that this all takes place even after the, 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 the Tanakh has been closed, the sealing of, of, of Scripture. And it's, it's, in, it's in a new generation. It's the generation of Golas. But Hashem has not left us alone. And it's very important that in this vein, we have to recognize also that we look, Hanukkah looks at the standpoint, right? From most sur, we go through the entire history of our exiles. We start from Mitzrayim, from then we go to Bavel, then we go to Parasmadai, And then we have the Avonim And we don't stop there You'll recognize that we don't stop there in most But Chasov Zorah Looks at The Dechia of Adamon, of Esav Of Rome, of Edom Chanukah has to be the reminder That we're, that we're not done This is an idea that We'll come back to later But we should be Zoha To keep the, the, the light of Chanukah with us To shine it to be a far and to use that light to rededicate ourselves to Karish Baruch Hu, to show the world what, what what we're fighting for. And Hashem should keep our fire burning. Hashem should make us successful, and Hashem should have nachas from us.